Yeah, how you doing today, man? I'm good. You look like a mechanic today. <laughs> <laughs> this blue, hey, the blue shirt the blue, you got man. on. Yeah, it's like straight up mechanic. I'm loving the blue. Uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, man, it look a little different today, man. Like, yeah, you know. Came over to fix my transmission. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to get my brakes done. <laughs> really? Yeah. You don't know how to do them? Nah. That shirt didn't come with the prerequisite nah, skill. <laughs> nah, the shirt did not come with the manual. <laughs> Fixing transmissions. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Oh, that's great, man. Not at yeah, all. Yeah, it's a nice shirt, though. I ain't gonna riff on you too hard. <laughs> all right. Y'all, I went to, um, I went to use kids. Uh-huh. When you yeah, go? I went, what was this? Saturday. Okay. You already know. Joints left with a box. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got to I got a stack on the record player yeah. right now from last weekend. I went in there like, yo, I'm only gonna spend you know ten dollars, ten fifteen dollars. Man, twenty twenty five is the minimum for me. Man, thirty. I can't go in there though. Thirty one. Oh uh, yeah, I can't. Uh, once I get up in there, it's like because huh. you see so many like yeah. their dollar section is. I've never shopped anywhere but the dollar section. Me neither. There. I've no never been to. anywhere else in the store. Yeah. Like, but I, I just bypass everything else and go straight to the dollar section. Because it's, it's... You know what's crazy? Before all of these record collectors and dudes came in and kind of inflated the price of records, mm-hmm. every record store had a dollar section like that. Yeah. I feel like the game kind of changed because at one point... You could you could go to record stores, really good record stores, and they all had insane dollar sections like that. See, I wasn't in the game. You then. wasn't in the game, and but most of the records, like if you look at most of my records downstairs, mm-hmm. they're all dollar records that I've had for fifteen fucking years. And you got some joints. Yeah, got joints, I got so. some that are like the most I would spend on a record back then was five dollars to seven dollars mm-hmm. max. Yeah. yeah, that's where I've been. Yeah, and but I don't do that anymore. I haven't done that for several years. But now because the collectors came in and inflated the prices, everything it's like they making it to where like the dollar sections and used kids is like a rarity now. Yeah, man, that's I was finding Earl Clue, yeah, like George Duke records, I'm like in good condition joints, like joints, of course. Yeah, I've got Crusaders, a like all kind oh, of yeah, st- Crusaders go hard, man, all kind of stuff. Then I then I, I messed up and um hit Adrian up. Mm-hmm. So was that another thirty dollars? How much you spend with Adrian? Just twenty. Just twenty. Yeah. I was like, you at the crib? I was like, I'm down here. He's like, yeah, you want to come by? I was like, sure. So it was a fifty dollar day. It was a fifty dollar day, man. Yeah, you in them crates, man. You yeah. crates. You done yeah. fell in love. Yeah, I, it's a. I came in the house. Taya, Taya just looked at me like, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. That's gonna have to have some adjustments. It's gonna have yeah, to be so some talks. I, well, what, what's gonna happen now? I gotta get some shelving. I don't even got shelving. You know what oh, I'm saying? I got crates. I got actual crates. You know what I'm yeah, get the IKEA joints. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm getting like some the joints I got in the living room. Yeah, the, the small version of that is perfect dimensions for uh, crates. Like they got a two shelf version. Yeah, low. Yeah, I'm gonna get one of those. That's yeah, that's coming up. Like that's the next purchase. No Welcome. more records till I get some shelving. Yeah, this shit was looking like mine was in Cincinnati. Yeah, just all over, all the, over floor. the floor. Yep. Yeah, that's where it is. Which is cool, but you can't find your shit when you. Nah, man. When you really get a lot of records. Like I really got a record now that I'm looking for that I took a sample from, mm-hmm. and I want to use the sample, but I didn't sample enough uh-huh. of it, so I have to refine the record and resample it because mm-hmm. it like it's not a perfect um, four bar loop. Yeah. Because I want the loop. And it cuts off like real. It's it, I'm so upset. See, that's why we gotta have a chopping episode, man. Yeah. So we can I can show you how to freak that shit. Yeah. You don't need the four bars. It depends on what you got. Yeah. You, you know, but uh, skills. Yeah. I'll show you mad tricks. Learn things. Yeah, man. Yeah. So oh, we talking was. This is an intro, man. Oh yeah, we've been skipping the intros for a while. <laughs> we have been. Yeah. So, we have uh, been. Super duty. Super duty. Tough work. Tough work. Mm-hmm. Those guys. Here we are. March, what is today? March twentieth. Uh, it's a great day. It is a great day. A great day to be a hip hop artist. You said some. Th- you you said some things on the social media platforms today. I did. You I did. did put some things out there in the, the good atmosphere. Word. Yeah, the good word has been spread into the universe, <laughs> and I'm just sitting back basking in it. I'm uh, just laying back, getting the good energy. I announced a new record uh, uh-huh. today, Two Headed Monster. And uh, the record's coming out May 22nd, you know, to everybody who pre-orders May 22nd. If you don't pre-order, you might get yours June, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't care, you know what I mean? 
<laughs> you get it when I get it. Yeah, you, you get, get it when you I get it, it, fool. I don't care. Right. You know what I mean? Low priority. Right. But uh, yeah, everybody pre-orders gets there. So, um, May 22nd, man. And uh, we, we starting this campaign off properly. Mm-hmm. You know, dropped a little teaser slash trailer video you know got the internet's talking you know getting texts my phone is lighting up it's on fire mad notifications yeah notifications compliments from friends Mm. on the quality you know so uh you know it's a good day man and uh you know we we i don't know if we even want to talk about we're going to talk about that next week yeah yeah so uh yeah we're going to talk about that record next week uh but this week we're going to talk about rappers doing the right thing rappers doing their thing because you know we make a lot of fun about a lot of rappers on this show yeah and you know every now and again our our crotchety old asses have to actually (laughs) give it up Get some peace. Yeah, we gotta give it up, man. You gotta give it up, you right. know, because the the stories are rare, right? But they're there. Yes, they have. And we have to give it up when when dudes are doing the right thing out here. Right. And uh, we got a story that we're gonna talk about today, which is about you know rappers doing the right thing with money, man. And like it, this is the money episode. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because we we've talked about it briefly in the past, and uh. There's going to be some talks about rappers and money and like just regular people and personal finance as well. And so uh, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. We got you stuck off the realness. The most infamous. You heard of us. Official podcast murderers. The show comes equipped with few points to share. Grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow. So go ahead and download every single week with a brand new episode. You're not alone in this world, cousin. So we share information and honest discussion and keep repping the culture like we supposed to. They spread gossip, but they never come close to. I can hear it inside. Their tone. They talk about the industry but never left their home You get laced up with bullet points and such Plus empowering topics that they never would touch You can put your whole network against the team But Super Duty Tough Works the MVP Most valuable podcast on MP3 Priceless info but all of it's free huh. So take these words home and think them through Super Duty Tough Work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Wood. Back in the building. As per usual. Every week. Them dudes. Man, we the most consistent. I believe so. A lot of podcasts have come and gone. Yes. You know? Yeah. We still here. Still here, chilling, not resting on our laurels. Kicking ass every fucking week. And taking names. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, this week, rappers doing the right thing. You know, Mm -hmm. rappers and money. So, this first article we want to read, I don't know, a lot of people, mad people sent me this article, you know, this story. Yeah. So, I knew we needed to talk about it. Yeah, I saw, I mean, we both got tagged by Ilpo. Yeah, and I got sent, uh, I think RJ sent it to me and somebody else. I think I've been sent this record like four times. I mean, this article four times. So, Mm -hmm. like, okay, we need to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. And so, this, 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 the title of this article is 21 Savage Steps Up with Large Donation to Help Teens Learn About Financial Literacy. And this is on griot.com and it goes like this 21 savage is putting more coins into the piggy bank of some t- some lucky teens the rap artist appeared on the ellen degeneres show on monday and performed his hit bank account and revealed that he started the 21 savage bank account campaign to help educate kids about financial literacy reports rolling stone while most of his raps songs outline a lifestyle living lavishly 21 savage said he didn't know about bank accounts growing up and wants his supporters to learn about money management early on. Now that I do have money in my bank account, I want to help kids with a background similar to mine to get smart about their money, 21 Savage said. With that in mind, 21 Savage said he will give 21 teens $1,000 to help each open a personal bank account. He's also teamed up with a nonprofit organization, Get Schooled, and together they will work to educate the teens about money management and budgeting for teens who want to take on the challenge and learn how to stretch their dollars they can get more information on the get schooled website uh yeah that's about it yeah and uh you know this is one of those good stories man yeah 
I, we got to give it up. Yeah. Props to props to 21. 21. Yeah. 21. 21. <laughs> I mean, if we, now we just got to get rid of this tattoo on his face. Oh, well, that's not going anywhere. How long till he addresses that? <laughs> 21 Savage goes on campaign to discourage teens from getting <laughs> dumb shit tatted on their face. Yeah, man. But word, man. Good, good for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I appreciate it. Me too. Um, you know, knowing that. A lot of the youth, you know, do listen to this dude. Yes. And, you know, it's like it's like if it's like the cat, the, the drug dealer telling, you know, the basketball player, like, you don't need to be out here. You know, you need to get you need to get your schooling done. You yeah. know, you need to take care of yourself. Like it's one of those dudes that's out here talking about all the money that he got, but also telling you this is how I'm this is how I'm taking care of that money. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? This is how I'm making sure I keep that money. This is how I'm investing that money, so on and so forth, giving the kids a little something, you know, to to look to look at. You I know agree. What I, mean? I agree. It's funny. It's like uh, the problem with rap that I think that we've had sometimes is not that people talk about certain things; it's that they don't tell the whole story. Right. Right. Like, there's nothing wrong with talking about being from the hood, right. but when you make the hood or any black neighborhood sound like goddamn Iraq or this crazy place, and when it's not. And you glorify that. You glorify it, then you're not telling the whole story. Exactly. Right. And that's what we start to, to to get into these things. It's like, oh, you talk about shooting people, but you never talk about the the ramifications of this violence on these communities that you claim you, you care about. Right. And all you do is you tell one side of the story. And that creates an imbalance. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing is true for money. Mm-hmm. Like when you talk when you start talking about rappers and rappers speaking about money right it's all one side it's always about what i make what i spend it on Mm -hmm. it's never about like how hard i had to work to get it how i keep it how i keep it (laughs) how i'm investing in my future who i have to take care of Mm -hmm. my expenses like as they say it's not about what you make it's about what you keep right Mm -hmm. and i think that him doing this even though he's at the beginning stages, right? Yeah, of course. I think it's a very important conversation for the youth to have, mm-hmm. and that's his target market. If he can make them at least think about it, like right. money is not just to be given away as soon as it gets in your hands. Yeah, thrown away. Yeah, a bank account is a very important conversation to have with a teenager. Like, yo, the cons, because that that's the, the the bridge that gets you to concepts like savings, right? Mortgages, investments, investments, right? Yeah. And long term discussions about money, because if you're not at least talking about savings, keeping your money for a second to invest in something, um, then you can't have any conversation with them about not spending. Right. Like, what's the alternative? Just, yeah. They're like, why would I? Nah, this money getting spent. I'm getting shoes. I'm getting a Gucci belt. Whatever. <laughs> it's I'm going get, down. It's going down. You can't stop me, pops. <laughs> right. You can't stop me. I'm, I'm getting the Gucci belt. I'm getting the Prada hat. I'm out. We out. It's gone. That's what money's for, right? Right. To be spent, to be happy. And uh, I, I applaud this young man. I clown him for his, uh, he looked crazy. He looked like, it still looked like a demon. But I right. applaud him. And I hate his music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I did. I haven't heard enough. I've heard like maybe a couple songs and verses. And I was like, yeah, not for me. Nah, dog. Like, but like yeah. what I've done. I don't think he's good. No, he's not good, man. I mean, I his last album, I listened to the entire thing. Wow. I put myself through the agony. <laughs> Man, you a strong man. I, I man, because I I gotta see a lot of times like I a lot of a lot of times my kids will tell me about artists cats that I've, I've never heard about. You know what I'm saying? And I will I'll dive in. Let me be the judge of this. Song. I'll dive in and listen, and I'm like, because I have to know what they're listening to. This is trash, I to, right? I, yeah, but also I have to know what the <laughs> fuck they're listening to and what kind of shit is influencing my kids. That's very important. You know what I'm saying? So. As much as I hate it, I will dive in and I will listen to I'll listen to albums. I listen to Metro Boomin and the dude from Migos' record too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I listen to that stuff just so I can see like, okay, so this is what it's about. But you know, that music aside, what he's doing is fucking awesome. Really dope. Yeah. yeah parenting, man. It makes you have to listen to a lot of whack music. Yeah, man. Kind. You gotta you gotta go in. It's <laughs> movies that I hate that I've had to sit down and watch just to see. You know what I mean? Like just Dad, to, this is awesome. Right. No, no it ain't so no it ain't. Horrible. I saw it. Now leave me alone about it. <laughs> right, right. You know, so but um yeah, mad props to him. Um mad props to you know, just the idea of 
you know, just wanting to wanting cats to do better. Thank you. You know, this is what giving back is. This is what, you know, helping your community come up is. Straight up. You know, this is what it looks like. So I appreciate it. Yeah. And and, and what's crazy is like in terms of being a, a big major label artist, he's what well, he said, 21 kids, a thousand nieces, $21,000. Right. He didn't make some crazy, crazy right. donation. Grandiose. Yeah. It's not like a million dollars. Mm-hmm. He just said, look, this is what I can do. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'll. I'll I'll pick out these kids and we'll do a thousand dollars each and put it in a bank account. We'll teach them how to manage it. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty, pretty damn good. But I think what's more important is the example. Right. That shit is so much more important than the money. Right. That he's saying, like, yo, let's let's think about this, man. And for him to do it somewhere like Ellen, yeah, where a lot of white people can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure that was that was purposely done. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, that's no accident. Yeah, that's no accident. I mean, a, a guy like him doesn't even look like he should be on Ellen. Exactly. I'm like, why would you bring this fool on Ellen? And that was why. Like, he looks like, a, a, I mean, you know, I don't call him a demon <laughs> again, but he... <laughs> just, just reiterate <laughs> the demonic To reiterate, he looks like the demonic overtones of 21 Savage are clear. <laughs> Me being a regular black man from the hood feels uncomfortable. I can only imagine how Ellen and her crowd feels. <laughs> right, right, right. Because he's about to perform a fucking seance right here. He's about to, he's about to sacrifice a lamb, slit a goat's throat right here on Ellen Degenerates. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, man. Demonic looking motherfucker. <laughs> Stop calling him a demon. Right, I can't friend. help it, man. I can't help it. Every time I look at his face, I'm just like, damn, he looks demonic. Oh. Like, he could play in a horror movie with no makeup. This motherfucker could be just like... <laughs> the main antagonist. Like Candyman and yeah. shit. Like, <laughs> young Candyman. Oh, man. <laughs> sorry, man. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I cannot fucking help it, man. He, I'm looking at this picture, and it just makes me mad. I just want to roast him all day. I, I can't. I gotta switch the article uh, so I don't look at you. Man. Oh you look, man, he looked like a hunted chicken. <laughs> <laughs> don't he? He looked like a he looked like a possessed rooster. <laughs> we try to give him props, man. This is supposed to be a prop giving. He looked giving. like he did. It looked like a rooster. Bro. <laughs> this is supposed to be a props giving. Okay, episode. okay. I let him go. I can't help let him. It, let him live, man. <laughs> let him live. Well, shout out to. The- <laughs> the possessed rooster, Twenty One Savage, for his good deeds, the humanity in the community. Let him live, man. <laughs> yeah, I gotta let him live. Oh, you right. Oh uh, right. man. All right. <laughs> but we appreciate the example. Though. Yeah, we appreciate the example, man. I gotta stop clowning him, man, because he's doing he's doing good. He's doing good things. Okay, so so we are not the only people who notice this, right? In the industry, of course. And uh, one of the notable people who noticed this is Jermaine Dupree. And this is an article titled Jermaine Dupree co-signs 21 Savages business acumen. And it goes like this. Fortune favors the bold. Tom York once stressed the importance of investments in deals. 21 Savage has come to the same conclusion. The young rapper recently swore off jewelry in order to better invest his substantial cash flow. TMZ recently caught up with songwriter Hall of Fame inductee. Jermaine Dupree to discuss 21's emerging business acumen. JD was all love after all. So the so-so deaf legend is no stranger to lucrative investments. He proceeds to drop off a few jewels of wisdom free of charge. The industry is like school, says JD. People get in it. They don't know how much they don't know. They don't know much about it. Once they get in it, they learn. Everybody should evolve. I think that's what 21 is doing. He's probably seeing money he never saw before. If you get an opportunity to get in this game and you start working and you pop in like 21, of course you should be doing what he's doing. Evidently, 21 Savage's budding physical responsibility has caught flack from one DJ academics, which we will talk about later. Mm -hmm. um, We'll get back to that. But yeah, yeah, the point is this. 
other people are noticing this shit. And uh, Jermaine Dupree, you know, he's an OG in the game. Oh, yeah. Now, there's a little irony there because Jermaine Dupree has been like butt ass broke over the last like didn't he like bankrupt or something like that i believe so I'm i believe sure. he was i mean that's why janet jackson left him right you know what i'm saying he yeah. had all kind of I'm jackson yeah you know he was dead she yeah. married a fucking billionaire i guess had a baby with him mm-hmm. hit him for half <laughs> and got back with jermaine dupree <laughs> right if that don't tell you she stopped fucking with you because you was broke i don't know what will all facts she hit a lick all facts <laughs> and came back like i'm good now honey we straight <laughs> we good let's get back together <laughs> Come give me a kiss. Yeah, he was like, "Okay, baby, I got you. I'm still here." Yeah, man. But but he's absolutely right, man. And Jermaine Dupree been making fucking rap money for a little kid since he was, well, hell yeah. you know, he was probably 25, 30, and they were fifteen and twelve and shit. Right. And it goes in. I mean, it goes back to the OGs. This is something that even the OGs when we were younger didn't really talk about this with as far as hip hop. Absolutely, there not. was no financial talk. You know, and they were making money like they had never seen before. Yeah, and I there can't was remember. No, there was never any talk about how to, you know, how to deal with money. You know, whether it was in families, whether it was through the music, it was no, it was no talk like Mm-mm. that. No, no, and and it's true. Like I sit back and I think, like, hip hop never taught me good financial habits. Nah, it taught me to hustle, to work harder. It reinforced that value, yeah. but it never was like, hey. This is why you're hustling. At the end of the day, when this is all said and done, mm-hmm. this is what you have to build. Right. And what you do now and the decisions you make now impact that. I don't feel like hip hop had those conversations with me. No, no no rappers was really talking to me about that. Nah, hip hop, I mean, even back then still had the conversation, hustle so you can get the car. Right. Hustle you so you can get the girl, so you can get the house. Even even back in the day, the the Rockhams and the the Big Daddy Canes and you know what I'm saying, Cats was still talking about their gold chains. It was in a more, you know, a, a more pleasing manner. You know, but the shit, the content wasn't too much different. It mm. didn't have all the drug references, but as far as money, same shit. It's very true. I'm trying to think of when have I ever heard I'm just trying to think of any positive money messages we've heard in hip hop. Period. Period. No underground? No. I, I no. haven't heard even any underground songs about no. money management. No. You be, no. yeah, people will clown you. Yeah. Oh, you would have talked about money. <laughs> you would have tried to save Talk about shit. saving. Listen to this nerd. <laughs> saving money. Y'all hear this nerd over here talking about interest rates? Get him the fuck out of here. Look at this fucking nerdy motherfucker. <laughs> fucking bank teller looking motherfucker. Get off the stage. <laughs> you know, they yeah. get you out the paint. You start talking about saving money, not splurging it. So right. I think it's dope. And I, you know, I clown Jermaine Dupree, but that's just all in jest because I think he actually is the perfect person to co-sign right. what 21 Savage is doing because 21 Savage is a young artist. Mm-hmm. Jermaine Dupree has mentored and created many young artists, right. many of which who do not have the financial uh you know standing that they should have right had they have practiced sound financial principles right and i think that's dope so uh we're gonna take a break and then we'll be back and we'll talk about you know the people who disagree the haters the haters and then we're gonna talk about like you know like our recommendations of how to learn how to get this thing right and we're gonna do what our generation did not do for mm-hmm. us you know they were like fuck y'all give your lord jewels jewels and shit so we'll be right back To all the listeners of the Super Duty Tough Work podcast, this is Blueprint here to announce that I have a brand new album titled Two-Headed Monster that will be available on May 22nd, 2018 on Weightless Recordings. The album is produced entirely by yours truly and features guest appearances from a few people that I've wanted to collaborate with for a long time, like Slug of Atmosphere, AC Alone, Mr. Liff, Wordsworth, Superstition, and High Slow. Two-Headed Monster will be the first full-length album that I've released since we've been doing this podcast. So to everybody that listens to us every week and is inspired by or helped by what we do here, I'm asking you to support me and this podcast by pre-ordering your copy of the project right now on waitlist.net. As I like to say, Spread the word about good music socially and support good music financially. As usual, we've got a few different pre-order packages for you to choose from. Whether that's the regular CD version or the deluxe CD package, the regular LP or the deluxe LP package, the regular MP3 or the deluxe MP3 package, 
or the t-shirt package that comes with a t-shirt and a blueprint lapel pin, something we've never done before, with either the deluxe CD or the vinyl package. Whatever format you need, we got you covered. And just so you know, there will only be 500 copies of the vinyl available and it will be clear vinyl this time. We've done red, we've done orange, we've done blue, and now we're doing clear vinyl. So don't sleep. All pre-orders will ship out to arrive on May 22nd, which is well in advance of the official release date. So if you're listening to this, head over to waitlist.net right now and order your copy. I'm really proud of this record and 100% confident that you're gonna dig it too. To recap, my new solo album, Two-Headed Monster, will be out May 22nd on Waitlist Recordings and is pre-ordering right now on waitlist.net. Now back to the show. All right. Word. The most. Infamous. Y'all know. Do we even have to say it? Mm. Eating on y'all. Eating. Waking waking up mouth full. Chewing. (laughs) Chewing on y'all. Eating. Doing dishes on Mm y'all. Cleaning plates. Plating. (laughs) Plating them. Plating on y'all. Got plated on. But yeah. (laughs) Rappers and money. Rappers doing the right thing. So this next article was just about like. Uh, this is about Nipsey Hussle and, uh, and DJ Academics. So the uh, the thing is, so this article is titled um, Nipsey Hussle defends 21 Savage from detractors criticizing his recent pivot to investing. Why? W- okay, before you read. Go ahead. Ian. Before you read. Speak on it. Why would these. I want to say what I want to say. Yeah. Why we- would these motherfuckers. <laughs> I'll just leave it that way. Why would. Why would you knock someone for wanting to educate children about something that is so important like money? Why? I don't understand why somebody would hate on that. In what world is it not okay to teach hip hop, which is so fucking stupid hip hop. That's why we got to be the only genre to, to, to promote some shit like that. So fucking stupid. I don't. I don't get it. And we give platforms to people who do that shit. It's, it's, I think it's. It's yeah. There's no reason for it. It's dumb. It's it, idiotic. The it when things have gone so far that like, you know, you promote dysfunctional shit, but when someone does something functional, you clown it. We got our call timeout. Yeah, this bro. went too far. Yeah, like when the last time you did something that helped anybody do anything <sighs> that wasn't. Degenerate, idiotic. Yeah, yeah. never, never promoting degeneracy. Yeah, you gonna clown somebody for doing something positive. Yeah, at least I mean, you know, I clowning, but not for the, the banking shit. I clowning right. for looking like a haunted rooster, but that's a whole different <laughs> that's conversation. Conversation. Yeah, that has nothing to do with his financial thing. Yeah, I would never clown him on that. Something that's desperately needed within our community. Come on, and. Come on, man. Okay, let me get this article. Okay, so the article goes like this. Nipsey Hussle was known for two things in general, his business acumen and his respect for respect. Don't talk slick about people Nipsey respects or he will check you quickly. A tendency he demonstrated when a television anchor mocked Sean Diddy Combs NFL aspirations. Now, Hussle has set his sights on a new detractor, social media hip hop culture critic, academics who ridiculed 21 Savage's recent turn to frugality. Although 21 made headlines for a Gucci store shopping spree for his kids, the rapper also stated that he would no longer be buying jewelry, instead looking to invest his new fortunes into assets that appreciate and community works. Academics used his streaming show to criticize Savage's new leaf, and Nipsey took extreme offense, telling Ism Radio's hosts that he did not approve of Academics' messaging or Complex's backing of him by giving him a web show, Everyday Struggle. And this is to quote Nipsey Hussle. They said recently that 21 Savage said that he stopped buying jewelry and he gonna spend his money on investing. You know, that's a powerful message. Nipsey praised the young Atlanta rapper. He pivoted on on academics and complex almost immediately, though, saying academics criticized him and said, I don't want to hear nothing but killing and I'm about to kill the ops. And he was like, I don't want to hear that from 21 Savage. That shit right there gets you fucked up. 
and we supposed to be fucking shit up for that oh fucking n words up for that period (laughs) (laughs) it ain't supposed to be understanding we supposed to catch you at complex con or wherever you at and we supposed to spank you for that (laughs) and you supposed to learn i was wrong As for Complex's part, Nipsey says he feels that the outlet adds gas to them, sparks for their own interests, and then they sell advertising space, and I don't like that shit. I'm clear on what that motto is. You take it someone that something that's serious and that people doing with integrity and you spending it for some fuck shit, and I don't agree with that. Have we not said that exact same thing? Dog. Many fucking times Dog. about the hip hop media. Dog. Yeah. Bro, that's exactly what they do. That's all they do. That's what, that's like, it's reality TV land. They didn't turn hip hop into reality TV. Reality TV, all it is is a show where you wait to see who getting, who fighting, who fucking who. Degeneracy. That's what keeps them coming back is the degenerate shit. And that's what they do with hip hop. That's what the hip hop media does on a consistent basis. Yeah. And as much as I don't like, you know, violence in hip hop, I completely would not be mad if somebody slapped up academics for saying this. Nah. Or to at least have a conversation like, look, yo, man, entertainment is entertainment, but you should have a line. You know, you should have a line to where you, you, you know that at the end of the day, there are minds being influenced by this exactly and when we push this line we're pushing these things into a place that we don't none of us want it to go right you know what i mean and uh i i applaud nipsey nipsey's a stand-up dude period yeah yeah straight up it's impossible to dislike him right like this is a dude who hires his own people mm-hmm. he's a hero in his own community yeah. invests in his own shit he stands up for like honorable shit so like him saying that means a lot yeah and uh, i mean and the thing is like about academics it's like okay you don't have to knock what he's doing because he didn't say, like, I'm going to start rapping about this stuff. You know, I mean, if you like his music, his music most likely is going to stay the same because yes. that's how he makes his money. Yes. But the fact that in his personal life, he's making a pivot and he wants it to be public that he's making a pivot and making these changes. Why would you knock that? Oh, I agree. That's that's dumb shit. I totally agree. It's just, it, you know, it goes too far. And I'm glad somebody checked it. Yeah, need to be checked. We need to be spreading positive messages about money. Yeah, as much as we can. You know, and and we do our part to edutain, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, and and keep this shit rocking. And so uh, I'm going to go get something real quick, but this, I want to read something. So this is a, these are, came from a book. There's a, we talked about the show. We talked about, um, uh, Oscar Michaud mm-hmm. being like the first like black like uh, filmmaker and just getting in his car and riding around and like taking his shit from city to city to city city and uh, doing that for like 20 years and uh, but there's also a guy named A.G. Gaston that I learned about some years ago and A.G. Gaston was like the first one of the first black millionaires in the south and A.G. Gaston was basically like who kind of bankrolled the civil rights movement mm-hmm. so when you would see stories about like uh, Martin Luther King and and Abernathy like get going to jail mm-hmm. whenever they were in jail in the Birmingham jail all the A.G. Gatson is who bailed them out mm. A.G. Gatson they used to have a headquarters down there and uh, their headquarters was in a hotel that was A.G. Gatson's hotel mm. it was the first and only black owned hotel in the whole entire region right so like the, it was a safe place I mean it got bombed right but you know he he was he was started out as an insurance salesman then he got into business started his own business school just really really influential guy you know one of the first real millionaires in that whole era and uh he's got this this autobiography is incredible but he's got this thing called 10 rules for success that he wrote mm-hmm. and it's all about money and these are basic things but i want to read these because i think these are like things that would help anybody and um and we're going to talk about these in the next segment but i want to i want to read these now and these this is called ag gatston's 10 rules for success rule number one Save a part of all you earn. Pay yourself first. Take it off the top and bank it. You'll be surprised how fast the money builds up. If you have two or three thousand dollars in the bank, sooner or later, somebody will come along and show you how to double it. Money doesn't spoil. Mm. Keep it. Mm. It's rule number one. Facts. Bars. <laughs> rule number two. Establish a reputation at a bank or savings and loan association. Save at an established institution and borrow there. Stay away from loan sharks. Mm. Bars. (laughs) Number three, take no chances with your money. Play the safe number, the good one. A man 
who can't afford to lose has no business gambling. Mm -hmm. Bars. <laughs> Rule number four. <laughs> never, never borrow anything that, if forced to it, you cannot pay back. Mm. That's real. Yeah, that's really real. Mm. Rule number five. Don't get big headed with little fellows. That's where the money is. If you stick with the little fellows, give them your devotion. They'll make you big. Mm. That's kind of and after reading his book, he's referencing like if you have a business, don't overlook your core people to try to get these these hypothetical, mythical, ideal customers who are rich and will Mm -hmm. make you rich instantly a thousand true fans a thousand true fans same concept we talk about right yeah. like we talk about it in terms of art but the same thing in terms of money and business a uh, rule number six don't have so much pride wear the same suit for a year or two it doesn't even make it doesn't make any difference what kind of suit the pocket is in if there is money in the pocket bars oh that is beautiful I give you a copy of this. I want to get that tattooed on me. <laughs> you need to put this on your refrigerator. Let your kids read this. Yeah, there's a lot of bars here. Rule number seven. And one thing you'll notice about a lot of this shit is like this is this is financial, but it's also yeah. about kind of what we talk about every week here. And this one especially. Rule number seven is find a need and fill it. Successful businesses are founded on the needs of the people. Mm. Once in business, Keep good books. Also, hire the best people you can find. Yeah. Team. It's team right. <sighs> Number eight. Stay in your own class. Never run around with people you can't compete with. Mm. So don't try to be something you're not. Yeah. Don't try to show off for, for people who actually have money because you'll never get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Rule number nine. Once you get money or a reputation for having money, people will give you money they'll give you more yeah it's always it, it always is one of those things that i always found interesting is that when rich people when they can buy the shit but they always get shit for free yes all the time like clothes yes you know cars all that shit because like, they have it because they have it yeah they don't need it yeah yeah and uh, it's true like i've i can say that this is fucking true uh for certain things i've done like there was a point I'll say this was before I bought the spot down the, down the street, right? Mm -hmm. When I was just like, I was looking for something, I didn't know what. Mm -hmm. Somehow I was talking to one of my dudes, he put me in contact with another dude after I bought it, and it was like all of a sudden people with properties yeah. who wanted to sell. Trying to call you up. Started calling me, my phone just started ringing. Hey, uh, such and such gave me your number, such and such gave me your number, said mm -hmm. you just bought blah, blah, blah. If you'd be interested in doing a deal on this one, I got another deal. I'm working on this deal. Deals were just coming to me. Mm -hmm. Had I chose to do it, but it was like, oh, I saw this firsthand that like, once you get a reputation for having money, mm -hmm. people will give you money or i.e. bring you more deals to make you more money. Right. But the problem is when you're broke, you don't come across that shit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, you're like, where's the money? Where's the deals? Right. Because you're broke. You yeah. know what I mean? You ain't spending no money. Yeah, you gotta yeah. spend money to make yeah, money. Yeah, you need a reputation. That's the key word in this. Yeah. Once you get money, or a reputation for yeah. having money. <laughs> yeah. Now, you don't even gotta have money. Just a rap. Just a rap. Just a rap. Just a rap. That's it. Okay, number 10. It's the last one. Once you reach a certain bracket, it is very difficult not to make more money. Mm. Bars. So true. So those are A.G. Gatson's 10 rules for success, man. And uh when I look back at these, one of the things that pops into my head was like we talked about earlier. How have we ever heard any of this stuff said in like rap? No, that's what I'm saying. No, I mean even from us. No, you know what no. I'm saying. Like, and I know, like this stays above my desk, right above my laptop. <laughs> yeah, like, I know this list. Like we've never, never, you know, like mm. never. Is never. Hip, is hip hop uh, inhospitable to like physical responsibility? <sighs> yeah, I guess because hip hop is about excess. Yeah, hip hop is not about how to get to the point where you have excess. I'm saving money, y'all. I'm saving money, y'all. I'm gonna spend the dime. I'm saving money, y'all. I got money, y'all. I ain't spending it. Fuck you. Fuck your store. Fuck all of it. Where's that song? Hey, man, you ain't made it yet. <laughs> That's you know? my new hit. Yeah. I'm saving money, y'all. I'm saving on you hoes. I'm saving on you bitches. I'm saving it. I'm saving it. I'm saving on you bitches. This is my second single. Yeah, man. That's, damn, I should have put that on a new record. Yeah. 
Like sure. Cass ain't, we don't, I, 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 it didn't come to our minds because we don't think about mm. fiscal responsibility and hip hop being something that's coupled together. Yeah. It's like two different worlds. It's very, it's two different worlds. Yeah. Like you think more about, all right, if you want to give somebody some jewels about financial or fiscal responsibility, like well, I'll write a book about that. Yeah. We don't think like, I'll make a record about that. It's I'll true. make a song about that. It's true. You know what I'm saying? We don't think in those terms. I mean, what's weird is like when we are amongst each other, we do have these conversations. We talk about this stuff all the time. Yeah. Me and RJ have had many conversations about this exact same. Yeah. Well, like we used all to have, time. like being on tour with 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 with, uh, with Idea and them, yeah. we had conversations about money in the van all the, time. all the time. Yeah. All the time. But none of us had any songs about it. None of us. <laughs> We're part of the problem, man. <laughs> I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. You either part of the solution or you part of the problem. That's what I'm saying. Ah. That's what I'm saying. That's why I put us in there. Even us. We ain't this never is an, even done This it. is an epiphany. Yeah, definitely. Ah. Definitely. Who won't write the first song? Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with just like a couple recommendations, man, that can just put the battery in your back about, right. you know, getting your money right. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Be right back. Over the last several months, as the podcast has been growing, people have been asking how they can support the Super Duty Tough Work podcast. Well, here's three simple ways to support the podcast. Number one, spread the word. This is the easiest and most effective way to support the podcast. In fact, it's free and doesn't cost you a thing. So there's no reason not to do it. If you're listening to us and like what we do, please take a couple of seconds and share the podcast on your social media pages. So whether you have Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, it's highly likely that you've got some friends who share similar interests and tastes and would dig the podcast too. That helps bring more listeners to the podcast and it helps us grow. The second way you can help support Super Duty Tough Work is to comment and rate now if you're on itunes or you have an itunes account give your boys that five star rating we need that the more five star ratings and comments we have the higher our show ranks and the easier it becomes for people to find it if you're on soundcloud there's a heart icon next to each episode on the left side that's the like button hit that like button while you're listening also Add a comment while you're listening and join the discussion. All feedback is welcome. The third way you can support the Super Duty Tough Work podcast, the most valuable podcast on planet Earth, is to support our music. As you know, Illogic and I are artists. We both put out albums. Illogic makes albums. Buy his albums. I make albums and books. Anytime you support our music, you are supporting the making of the show. You can find my music, books, and t-shirts at waitlist.net. That's the word, waitlist.net. Go there, pick up something, and know that what you spent your money on is an investment back into creative projects like Super Duty Tough Work. In fact, I have a sale going on right now where you can get all three of my books for just $25. I'll even sign the books for you if you request it in your order form. So there you have it. That's three separate ways you can support the podcast. The first two cost you nothing. We thank you for your support already. Back to the show. Ah, Back in the building. They know. Fiscal. Fiscal getting fiscal on y'all fiscal he tried to get fiscal with me <laughs> the hold most on fiscal podcast <laughs> uh, yeah do some fiscal work around the crib <laughs> real fiscal labor word <laughs> so yeah before we get out of here this week since we're talking about like good things we're gonna we're gonna drop three recommendations of books because we've never rapped about it mm-hmm now I'm feeling bad yeah. that we have not done our part to to, to help shape the minds of the youth in this a proper way. Mm-hmm. And so, as y'all know, I like reading and we haven't talked about books on here in a while. Nah. And so uh, we're going to talk about three books that if you want to just 
intro level books to to thinking about money in a better way mm-hmm. to financial responsibility that will actually teach you kind of what to do in the proper philosophy behind uh, uh investing or, or just taking better care of your money and yourself at the same time and so the first book we're going to talk about is a book called number one the richest man in babylon joints now for those of you who joints. have been a fan of this podcast for a while you remember when I first recommended this book to Elijah, and it's written by George S. Klassen. So what do you think about this book, Elijah? It's fucking awesome. <laughs> the book is great. Like, I, I, I recommended that book to my brothers, yeah. to my mom. Like, I think my sister-in-law's boyfriend read it. Like, I, I, it's a great, great book. And it's real easy read. It's a good story, too. The yes. story is good. Like, yeah. the writing is so great. And it's basically just teaching you financial principles through storytelling. Like yes. it's not, you know, it's, it ain't no bullet points in there. Mm-mm. You know, it's a dope story that, you know, I got notes. I still got my notes from that book. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. This book, I didn't know exactly. I had heard about it, mm-hmm. but then I bought it and I had the same response to it that you did. I had read other financial books, right. but I had never read anything that was set up like a story. Right. And it wasn't just like preaching to me. Yeah. And it, and it really kind of, but the stories you don't forget. Right. They, oh, they hit you really hard because like you're, you're listening to these principles and you're like, oh shit, mm-hmm. this is right underneath my nose. How come I never thought about it this way? Yeah. And it's, it's, the writing is beautiful. Yeah. Really it's written great. almost in like a biblical style of writing. Yes. Yes. That's what was, that's what I thought was really fresh. Yeah. About it. That's what drew me in yeah. is the language. Yeah. The language is amazing. And it's not like it, it you read it, you feel like this book is 500 years old when you mm-hmm. read it. Yeah. Um, but it's only 145 pages. Yeah. Very short read. You can read it in a weekend. And I recommend it for anybody. Anybody, If anytime you've ever said to yourself something like, well, you know what? I don't understand money or I'm broke all the time. Like the thing is, I tell people this. The worst time to learn about money is when you have money. Mm-hmm. Because then the stakes are high. You ain't going to have it too long. <laughs> As they say, a fool and his money soon part ways. I think that's where that statement came from. Truth. Fools trying to learn about money once they gained money. Mm -hmm. What you want to do is when you're broke and fucked up, that's when you want to be gobbling up books like this. Because once you do that, it will totally change what you do when you have money. When those periods when you start to have money, you're like, oh. In the process of getting money. Yes. You know, that it it teaches you those processes of just building money and building a financial structure and foundation and stability. It's really fresh. Facts. So, like, if you can find this book on Amazon, I'm looking on Amazon right now. They got, you can get a used paperback of this for five dollars four dollars yeah. uh, that's pretty damn cheap and this thing is going to save you way more than five dollars four dollars yes this thing will save you thousands tens of thousand dollars in your life mm-hmm. and so the number one book we recommend is the richest man in babylon and we're not financial experts or advisors by any means mm-hmm. we're just regular dudes trying to make this thing work and uh we like this book a fucking lot i have mentioned that book in a rap Oh, you did? Yeah, I mentioned oh, the you book. You beat me to it. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned okay. the book. But it was, you know, how I write. It was all yeah. cryptic and shit. Ain't nobody know what the, the fuck I was talking about. The richest man in Babylon. <laughs> Ain't nobody know what I was fucking talking about. Yeah. But I have mentioned the book. Snake flowers, angels. <laughs> <laughs> Porcupines. Yeah, just random ass logic <laughs> lines. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, did he just drop a book in there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he dropped the book title in there somewhere. Yeah. It was so much else mixed with it. Yeah. Okay, so that's number one. And now we're gonna go to number two. And this is a book that um very similar. Mm. I'm recommending books that I think will be easy reads. This book is called Who Moved My Cheese? Mm. And it's by Spencer Johnson MD. This book is only I'm gonna I'm gonna check real quick. I own this book. Mm. Uh, this book is 90 pages. Mm. Yep, 90 pages. You will read this book in maybe one night at the most. It's such a fast read, but this book is also built around a story. Mm. It's not like do this, do this, do that. You'll be fine. This book, the concept of the book is about uh, two or three mice, basically. And, and, and they're trapped. They're in this maze. And they're basically trying to figure out how to survive and it talks about each mice has a different uh each mouse has a different philosophy and certain the 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 premise is that you have mice who because they get the certain thing once or twice 
they always go to the same spot mm-hmm. to find it. Yeah. They, they, they do what is predictable to, to survive, to, to find food. But, the, but what happens is that what the question, the book answers the question, what happens when the cheese is moved? Right. When it's not there. Right. What happens when you don't have your job? Mm-hmm. What happens when the ways you're used to getting paid for are taken away from you or your opportunities through one avenue or another are no longer there? who actually survives and what skills allow you to survive. Mm-hmm. This book is like considered a classic, number one times bestseller, you know? And uh, it is for a reason. It was many years I was hearing the title of this book and I was like, eh, I don't read that shit. That yeah, because it don't sound like, No, yeah. no, it don't sound like I don't teach you nothing. Yeah. You're like, who moved my cheese? Why well, don't read that? <laughs> Tell me how to make the cheese. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'll figure out who moved it later. You know? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so but this is an incredible book it's 90 pages this shit will fucking move you now i'm not gonna recommend nothing to you that i don't think you can knock out in a day or two mm-hmm. and this is definitely one where you read this book it will completely change how you view your profession your art and your financial standing mm-hmm. and i recommend it to everybody and that is again who moved my cheese and it's written by spencer johnson md it's only 90 pages. It's at your library. It's that popular. So go get it. Get it. Go get it. And a last book, which I don't have a physical copy of. I know I got the ebook somewhere as that is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read this, too. Yeah. It's so cliche, right? Yeah. It's so it, this book is so popular that you're starting to now have a group of people who get mad at people for mentioning that they read it. Mm hmm. It's like, like, what? Who hasn't read it? Oh, that shit. I, I ain't reading that. You already know that shit played out. No, this shit is timeless. Yeah, the principles ain't played out. Come on. The, the, this book is so dope, um, especially if you've never read a super duper technical book. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to know anything technical to understand this book. And I'll explain the premise behind this book. The premise is that the author grew up with basically two dads. One was his dad and one was like, I think his friends, his mm-hmm. best friend's dad. Yeah. One dad he affectionately called his rich dad. One dad he affectionately called his poor dad. And the reason he, he labeled them that was because they both had complete opposite philosophies on money. And those philosophies determined their life, what they learned and how they were able to to be prosperous or they struggled from that point forward. Mm-hmm. And the book kind of goes through his his life growing up, seeing these things play out and the lessons he learned from each dad. And then he kind of gets into, OK, what I learned and how do I apply that? And uh, the book is super dope. Yes. It's an easy read. Yes. I bought I, I made my niece. This is one of the books that was on my niece's um, summer reading list mm-hmm. where I was going to pay her like 30 or 50 bucks to read a book. This was the first one on there. And um, it's that dope that, yeah, it's cliche, but it's cliche because it's so fucking yeah. bulletproof. Cliche for a reason. Right. For a fucking reason. So that's that. That's number three. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think we're doing our part. Yeah, I think we're trying. We're trying know. to add on. We got to start putting them bars in, though. Yeah, I got. I, you're right. I got to sneak some of this into a rap. <laughs> sneak it in. The Robert Kiyosaki of the, I don't know. <laughs> Word. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Your poor dad would be a rich dad, fool. I don't know. It makes zero sense. Who moved my cheese? Give it back, please. I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll make it I work. gotta work on my bars. Yeah, my bars are kind of bad. Make it work. Yeah, we'll make it work. Uh, Richest uh, man in Babylon. Word. Okay, so yeah, that's about it for this week, man. Yeah. And we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace. I got styles already that's more complex than nobody know about. I mean, Super Duty Tough Work. (laughs) 